Xbox shares the future of exclusives, hardware, and a whole lot more. Happy Friday, friends. Happy Friday. We are Friday, Friday, Friday. Everybody likes a Friday, especially when this week has just been so dang jam-packed with Xbox news, Windows news, and just a lot. So uh, if you're on the YouTube, you find timestamps down below. But let's just dive in because they're... The Xbox has been uh, been a vacuum in the room, just sucking up all the energy because there's been so much waffling about of like, what is the future? And we've heard like extremes of like, all the games are going everywhere. And, and now we know the truth because Xbox held its event on Thursday as they promised. And kind of here's, here's the nuts and bolts of it and the things that you need to know. And some honestly, some really juicy information that I think we need to opine about here for just a second. However, Basically, what it boils down to is Xbox came out and said, look, four Xbox first-party games are coming to other platforms. Now, they did not explicitly announce the titles, but they did say, crucially, they did say Starfield and Indiana Jones are not the titles. So it looks like we're going to see, like, Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves. Uh, we might see, oh gosh, now... <laughs> Now I'm losing the name. Uh, Pentiment, that's the one I couldn't think of. And and possibly Grounded might be going over as well. Seem to be kind of like the, the common themes du jour, if you will. So just kind of keep your eyes and ears out. But we know Starfield isn't going. We know that Indiana Jones isn't going. And so that's like the big news. It's like, hey, Xbox is, is going to do some stuff. Now, it, the back of my brain tells me that if these things go on to PlayStation and they are massive home runs, I think we will see more of it. I, Microsoft is very much likely experimenting with sort of what can they do. Remember, they have, they've shot out so much money for studios, they got to figure this stuff out. And so how do you do that? Well, putting one title over there doesn't make much sense because, hey, it could be an outlier. It, it's not a statistical value that makes sense. It could completely flop. And then you're like, we're never doing this. But if you put four titles over there, or bring them outside the Xbox hardware universe, then you at least have, a, a, it's not necessarily representative, you can actually do the math on what is a representative sample, but anyways, it at least gives them an idea like, hey, is this worthwhile doing? And so that kind of feels like where Xbox is. They're like juking and jiving and like saying, we're gonna try this, we're gonna do this thing. And if it's a huge home run, I would expect them to do it more. And if it completely flops, then obviously they would do it less. However, I think, you know, that is super interesting. It's good to hear clarity. It's somewhat frustrating that they didn't give like a more blanket statement. So it's like, eh, but whatever it is, it's going to be a case-by-case -case scenario. And it's also not happening right away. It's with, it basically felt like if it's more than a year after release, then it's up for consideration. So there's no hard statements as only titles over a year. But again, just keep in mind that they're experimenting, they're learning, they're just trying to figure out how to make Xbox more robust. Now, the much more interesting thing to me is actually what Sarah Bond had to say about hardware. She said, and what we're really focused on there is delivering the largest technical leap you have ever seen in a hardware generation, which makes it play, which makes it better for players and creators. Now, this is in reference to a new heart Xbox hardware coming, and I don't think this is meaning this year. So the question is like, what the heck is she talking about? First off, let's let's kind of calm the waters here a little bit because right, every new console is a technical leap. Uh, it's always a large technical leap. That That is just marketing jargon. However, I think there's enough information out there that we might be able to kind of distill what a couple possibilities here are. Let's think logically about this. What is Microsoft doing right now? They're doing all in on AI. What is, what is launching for Windows here uh, later this year? 
NPUs. So these are the AI hardware components that are critical to helping offload AI workloads. It very well could be that the next generation, it would actually be somewhat in line with Microsoft's expectations, that the next generation Xbox console will have an NPU of some degree. That would be my expectation here. And so that is and technically a, a fundamental leap, right? A largest technical leap because we've, if you've never had an NPU and now you have an NPU, well, that's a large technical leap. And so that is one aspect. The other interesting one that's floating around is ARM, right? Remember, we keep hearing that ARM might be the next Xbox console thanks to the FTC leaks. We don't fully know what Microsoft is planning there or thinking about it, but I suspect that these are the things that Microsoft is considering when it comes to that next generation hardware that would line up to Ms. Bond's statements about that large technical leap. So look for NPUs. I think NPUs, I, I would be really shocked if NPUs don't happen, just given that the acceleration and velocity that Microsoft is putting behind a lot of this stuff. So I think uh, the AI stuff is probably going to be happening and it will manifest itself in a way where developers can take uh, use of it and offload some of those workloads so the NPCs have more vibrant conversations. And, and worlds are more dynamic and that sort of thing. Although, candidly, I think we kind of hear that all the time. It's like, worlds are more dynamic, whatever. But with an NPU, you could actually be uh, a little bit more hardware bound, which would actually en enable some of that uh, to some degree on a localized level, which would be fantastic. So it could be ARM. Uh, when it comes to the handheld device, right? I believe The Verge actually had an interview with Phil Spencer. It was a short one, but they, he actually, uh, The Verge asked, Phil was like, are you doing a handheld? And of course, they gave the non-answer uh, of like, we're not going to talk about exactly what we're doing. But, you know, Phil Spencer has been faving, if you will, a lot of handheld tweets at the end of the day. Now, if it's, what's more interesting here, like if you put this whole kind of narrative together, ARM chips do exceptionally well on handheld mobile devices. Like every phone you have right now is more than likely like 99% guarantee running in some sort of ARM processor. And if you're going to build a mobile device, if you're going to build a mobile handheld, that could be a differentiator that potentially only Xbox could do. I always talk about on this channel, what could Xbox do that the ROG ally can't effectively at the end of the day? The reality of that situation is putting an ARM chip in there and putting an NPU in there and putting a customized version of Windows on there. And so maybe that's the direction they're heading. Maybe it's not. And so we will find out. But it's super interesting. Now, the other thing, too, is they also talk about holiday hardware. We don't quite know exactly what holiday hardware means, but we have a couple guesses. We have a couple educated guesses, right? We already know about these controllers that are floating around. To me, the more interesting one is the actual discless Xbox Series X, right? That The Brooklyn, there's also the, uh, the, there's a Series S refresh somewhere in there. We, again, don't fully know if these things are shipping, but again, they're talking about holiday hardware, a commitment to Xbox. The reality is it boils down to the fact that Xbox is not getting out of the hardware business. Xbox is not getting out of the exclusive business. And Xbox is honestly not in the business of making their fans angry. But at the end of the day, they do have to experiment with things like putting games onto PlayStation to build a viable business, to potentially build a handheld device to fund these future efforts. And so that was sort of the takeaway, if you will. Now, other information came out of this. This was a pretty dense a uh, little podcast, if you want to call it, although it was more of like a, a fireside chat, in my opinion, but there was no actual fire, uh, is that there were 30, there not were, there are 34 million Game Pass subscribers. That is a new number that we can now track. 34 million Game Pass subscribers. I have a hunch that the reason Microsoft is now sharing this number 
during this event is that they're going to be doing something with Activision, which we don't fully know everything that's going on here, but we do know, do know a little bit, that is going to accelerate that number. And so they're finally comfortable sharing $34 million because they're like, look, if we hit our executables for the remainder of the year, that number should grow significantly. And so we got a $34 million baseline uh, as of you know February of 2024, and we'll continue to go with that because Diablo 4 is coming to Xbox Game Pass next month. And so again, that's a big title. That's a big platform move. And so just kind of be on the lookout uh, <laughs> for that. Now, if that wasn't enough Xbox happening this month, the Xbox uh, console update is rolling out and there's some touch enabled stuff in there, but this is the one that uh, I'm looking forward to, the calibration, because my Xbox Elite Series 2 could use a little love in the calibration department. I can already feel some of these little, you know, everybody knows what it feels like. And so now you can actually do this again. You can calibrate your own controller in the Xbox. And that is actually something, it, when, when, once you realize it wasn't there, felt kind of crazy. Maybe Microsoft thought there'd be some like cheating or some sort of whatever uh, coming along the way. But yeah, so be on the lookout for that. So uh, Xbox this week. And last week, it was all over the place. People were like, I'm abandoning my Xbox, putting it in the fire, putting it doing whatever. And the reality is, I actually have an exclusive image here of the uh, what everything boils down to from all the leaks and rumors of the past two weeks. It is specifically this, the nothing burger. This was really, this is a, a, a single rumor that kept extrapolating out of control and the velocity of X, Reddit, Twitter, whatever platform you're reading it on, really kind of forced the hand of Xbox. So when they say they're listening, they legitimately are because I think most people will be able to calm down saying like Starfield's not going, Indiana Jones is not going, and that's that that probably Halo is not going. They named four titles right now, like right. It, it was the last rumors were Halo Infinite's going, um, Indiana Jones is going, Starfield like, and none of that really panned out to be true, and so it just kind of worked itself out. And hopefully the conversation can now pivot back to like, hey. Let's just play some Game Pass games and uh, enjoy stuff. And then we'll catch you all in the fall with some new hardware, some new titles, and bada bing, bada boom. Xbox kind of feels like it's sitting in a good position, you know, coming out of the backside of that, especially when you consider the fact that Sony announced this week that they will not hit their targets. They were targeting 25 million consoles in their fiscal year. They are reducing that to 21 million. They're also said they're going to be looking at accelerating, bringing their titles to Steam after Helldivers and a couple other titles have done exceptionally well. And so Sony is also experimenting with bringing more content outside of its, you know, the walls of the plastic console. And so that's the place the industry is going. The next 10 years are going to look very different from the previous 10 as Xbox tries to position itself as an industry-leading publisher and finding unique in various ways to continue to grow its bottom line. So there you go. There you go. Let's move on to the tech news because there was there was a lot of interesting things in the world of Microsoft as well, you know, beyond the, the console. First off, they're killing Publisher. If you are using Publisher, you're probably a minority. A lot of other tools have come and gone. Um, Microsoft is killing Publisher. But the bigger news, at least things that I <laughs> will be helpful, is the widget panel is finally getting some love that people are actually going to care about. You can now... It's not perfect, as is Microsoft's traditional way, but you can now at least hide the news content and create a, just a true widget-only board. That way you don't have to see 17 great reasons you should buy a boat this fall, which I'm sure there are 17 great reasons to buy a boat, but I don't want to see that in the widget panel. So this is in Windows 11 26058. That is now coming. Uh, I think that's actually already out by the time you're listening to this. 
Also, this one is super interesting to me. Build 2024 will be May 21st through the 23rd. And I, I'm going to take a flyer here. I don't do a lot of betting in my life, but I'm going to bet that AI is a big part of this conversation, friends. It is absolutely going to be. I'll actually be super curious to see if this is the event where Microsoft does like talks about Windows again, right? Because Windows is supposedly getting that big uh, 24H2. Uh, update in June. And if you have a developer event in May, that might be a nice time to do it. Now, Microsoft could try to do its own Windows event. We don't, this is this is the interesting thing. Because there's new leadership, we don't quite know how they're going to go to market with this stuff. Are they even going to, they are going to make a big deal. I should qualify that. They're definitely going to make a big deal because there's new Qualcomm chips, there's new MPU support, there's new Intel stuff. Like they're definitely going to make a big deal. But are they going to try to host their own like event outside of build? I don't know. We will find out. We will find out. That'll be part of the excitement. But, you know, at least Windows has a chance to be back on the agenda at build. It's been gone for so long that it would just be nice to have Windows to be like a showcase of that uh, event. So speaking of uh, showcase at build, things that they will not be calling the next version of Windows 11 won't be Windows 12. It looks like what's going to ship in June is actually going to be 24H2 based on all the documentation that is now slamming the Microsoft Documentation Center, and it's all referencing 24H2 and not a Windows 12, which would seem to strongly indicate, my friends, that it will in fact be called Windows 11 something. Now I say something because Microsoft might try to get fancy and cute and try to name this. I'm not quite sure yet because again, this is supposed to be like the pivoting turning point for AI and Windows. And so just to continue to call it Windows 11, um, doesn't necessarily seem like it's the right maneuver, but we will find out again, potentially here at build. So there you go. There you go. Like I, the, the AI stuff is fascinating. If you haven't caught it this week, by the way, there's also a new uh, chat GPT, or I should say OpenAI has a new uh, model they call, I think it's Sora, S-O-R-A, and it does videos. And let me tell you, friends, we're all doomed. We are all doomed. Not really. Not doomed, but it is scary good. Like they, it's scary good like it's it's very interesting here and if you want to know why i call it scary good because it's so good that like imagine this scenario right it right now it generates 10 second clips and it's limited in private beta because you can very easily see how this will be abused very easily see how this will be abused so they're trying to figure that side out but here's here's a natural progression model right we went from just text generation now we have image generation now we have a 10 second clip generation so it's not hard to extrapolate like, hey, that 10 second clip could very much stretch into a 90 minute feature film, right? That's not a hard thing to imagine. And then that 90 second feature film could actually turn into an entire universe. And then what if there's just a button that says export to Unreal? And then there's you just import schema.ini and suddenly it's not just AI videos that are being created, it's AI universes that you can now go play. Like for better or for worse, one thing that, that's great thing about AI is it's making it very easy for non-developers like myself uh, to go build complex applications. And so it's allowing people who are not uh, artists to go build beautiful imagery. And now we're going to be able to build movies. And now that's it, like, it's not a hard stretch to see like how this could turn into you just say, I want to make a video game where I am, uh, we'll call it uh happy donkey living in the Sahara desert and say, generate a, a, a 20 by 20 grid of sand dunes and other things else. And I want to be able to walk around as the donkey and every 19 seconds, change the weather and every 35 seconds, introduce an enemy combatant that I have to fight as the donkey. Um, that is, you know, the next blockbuster title, but you can continue to see granted. Someone's going to say, Brad, that's a huge leap, but is it like, is it 
I mean, at this point, if they can do fluid animation from a 2D perspective, it's not a big leap to just do the other 2D and then you have the whole side of the individual and then they already understand clearly through the AI mapping uh, motion capture without doing motion capture at the end of the day. So you can take a human, you can animate them in any meaningful way and then all you need is an input schema and a world around them which it can already generate. It just depends on the physics that are applied and at the end of the day, there you go. So we'll create a happy donkey or whatever I just said we will call it and bada bing, bada boom, that'll be it too. So on to the questions of the week, always my favorite part. And I apologize, I forgot to tweet it out. This has been a very busy week this week, very busy in a very positive way. I've just been busy. Uh, there was all this Xbox stuff, work is doing well and, and blowing, keeping me busy. And so I've been gaming and whatever else. Anyways, forgot to tweet it out. My sincere apologies, but we do have a couple in the hopper with Mr. PKI kicking it off. Andy's got the last question of the week, actually. He said, what are the four secret games that are released to other consoles? Uh, Rob actually points out in the comment, it says, according to The Verge, it says it looks like it's Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded, uh, which has been floating around too. So yeah, there's that. Ockbert says, Brad, any, oh, good question. Any update as to when Microsoft is going to fix File Explorer from freezing, slowness, and other such issues? That is a wonderful question. It does, and this might be complete placebo, placebo, placebo. It does feel like it's gotten a little bit better, but again, I don't know if that's just because I've been rebooting my computer so much because at Stardock we're working on the installation of applications and I've been rebooting a lot, so maybe that actually is impacting my performance. We don't... The problem is, is that Microsoft isn't coming out and admitting and saying, like, File Explorer is bad. Like, they're not doing that. So we, they're not going to come out with a date that says, this is the date File Explorer will be good. It's just going to be small, iterative improvements time after time after time. Uh, Shastunda, I, I, Shastunda, we'll go with that, wants to know, when is the Surface event going to be announced? We're still too early. Historically, they would only announce things out a week out. Now, we have seen them do it as far out as two weeks, and so it was expected, I think, I want to say March, and then there was some other stuff potentially happening in June, but we should, we might be about a month away, potentially, at the earliest, and again, expect ARM devices. I think ARM is going to be, I keep, I've said this before on this podcast, I said, Microsoft's continuing to push ARM and ARM is the future. Well, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive about some of this ARM stuff. I've actually been running Windows 11 version of ARM on my aged Surface Pro X and it's okay. I you can definitely tell that Windows 11 on ARM has made some significant strides over what Windows 10 on ARM used to be. And so it's a lot closer to being more usable. I, I really just care the most about the new Qualcomm chips that are coming out, benchmarking, battery life, things like that, because the software side is really coming together at this point. Yes, there's still applications that are hard to run on ARM, but it's getting there. And I think it's finally, I don't, I don't want to say it's over the hump, but it feels like it has more momentum these days than we have felt in the past few years. So, and Mr. PKI ending the questions of the week. He said, ending question of the week, is there an official Oh, is it official? There is no Windows 12. We are stuck with Windows 11 for a few more years. I think you qualified your own statement. Uh, I, I think Windows 12 will happen at some point, but I, it's not official official until Microsoft comes out and announces it. But the documentation that Microsoft has been posting to their own website suggests that Windows 12 is not happening and we are stuck with Windows 11 for a little bit longer, probably until ma the new management team gets to be able to put their little paintbrush on what's going to happen with the UI and everything else. So... 
there you go, my friends. What a crazy week. We got Publisher dead. We got Xbox has cleared the deck of all the noise and things should go back to a somewhat normal cadence. We've got Windows 11 happening. We got build dates. We got a lot more. It has just been a good week. Hopefully you had a wonderful week and make sure to keep it subscribed here because the BS on this podcast is me.